When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As we've alluded to on our other shows, this offseason, our Crack Rackets team attempted to speak with every Power 5 men's and women's head coach employed throughout the college tennis world. We asked each of them about their team's respective 2021 seasons and what we should expect from them here in 2022. Of course, we also offered them a platform to share their thoughts on some of the big picture topics in college tennis. It is a fantastic series that our team is ecstatic to finally start sharing with the broader college tennis community over the next six weeks. Fans can expect no fewer than 10 episodes a week to be posted on this feed. A huge shout out to our friends at Tennis Point for their support with this series. Remember, go to tennis-point.com right now. Use that promo code CR15 to express your thanks. With all of that said, we're ready to get to today's episode. So Westoff, hit those credits. Let's start today's show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joining us on the podcast today is a man who spent much of his life in the realm of college tennis. You may have known him from his playing career at the University of Texas, where he was a multiple All-Big 12 honoree in both singles and doubles, a two-time captain and a three-time All-Big 12 academic honoree at the University of Texas, of course. He has since transitioned to the coaching world, where he has served at the University of Houston, at Concordia, and now as the head coach of the Texas Tech men tennis program please welcome to the show head coach danny white head coach welcome how are you doing today <laughs> doing good that's uh, a little more than i would have expected as an intro so i don't know how many guys actually uh know me from my playing career and i didn't know i had those three academic honors so uh <laughs> yeah i'm i'm more excited about myself now but either way uh, thank, thankful for being on this show appreciate the invite oh of course it's our pleasure i was raised well always butter up the guest before you get into the hard-hitting questions and i feel like particularly for the coaches nowadays when you mention the fact that they were all academic that's just a nice little flex for you right like yeah i, yeah, I used yeah. to get it done in the classroom yeah yeah get, getting it done yeah maybe not excelling but i did i, I got it i got it done i completed it for sure <laughs> And a win is a win, but of course, we are so grateful to have you on the show here today as we try to preview the 2022 college tennis season. And of course, uh, there are some questions I'm going to be asking all of the coaches throughout this process and the place we have to start. And we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. 
we have a somewhat normal season once again. And obviously for you last year, second year at the helm, they threw about as many wrenches at you as possible in your first few seasons at Texas Tech. I'm curious, though, this offseason, some of the restrictions lessened fall play opening up, not just for some conferences, but for all conferences. It has to be nice to be back in the rhythm of the college tennis season. Yeah, that's that's um, I mean, this is why we do it. It's just for kind of the the normalcy of it just being able to practice week in and week out you know our guys uh vaccinated we haven't been going through tons of testing and and just i mean the weekly the weekly just like well let's see who's able to travel this week i mean you know we got used to it but i mean just changing the schedule mid-year doing all that stuff that, that grew uh, a little tiresome pretty fast so uh i mean this fall has been great though i mean just the consistency of every week being able to work it's just been extremely nice again Mm -hmm. no absolutely and for you third year at the helm again first two seasons are about as funky as you can ask for year number one canceled halfway through and of course during that 2020 season your team has started to have some success across the board you look at what you guys were able to accomplish 12 and 5 early in the year and you were able you know to get some wins over uh, a good iowa program and you know really nice ita kickoff weekend for you guys 4-3 against my wolverines unfortunately fell a little short but it was a good weekend for you 4-1 against an illinois team Uh, obviously you get wins over mississippi state Tulane, middle tennessee as you're going you then look at last season as well 13 and 8 overall probably not as many matches as you'd have liked to play and now it's year three and you know the the curse of macy has been lifted you've got your own guys uh in the program now and just you know how are you feeling about the state of texas tech heading into 2022 yeah really excited about this year i felt like um you know, those first two seasons, um, we, we had, I, I felt like I kind of knew this is how the year is going to go, or at least in this range of this is the high end. This is, you know, what I feel like we're pretty safe and being able to accomplish this year. What I see differently is uh, whether it's from a leadership standpoint or literally guys in the lineup, I feel like we're going to have guys in, in new roles this year and playing in some different spots. Um, and so for this year, part of the excitement and the unknown, I mean, at the same time is, I don't know how good we can be. Like it's kind of unknown at this point. And that's exciting for me as a coach. I feel like me and coach Brailer um, believe we can do extremely well, mm-hmm. but it's kind of up to how well do we handle a few different roles and the, the team dynamic and all that. So this fall, I feel like, uh, especially in the last maybe four or five weeks, I feel like our identity is starting to take shape a little bit with it being a little, a slightly different team. We have some new guys in um, still have two more new guys coming in January. And so it is a little bit of a transition year while we also have, you know, from our starting lineup last spring, we have five returners. Mm-hmm. So the, the depth is maybe, maybe the best depth I've seen since I've been here at tech, even as the assistant and for sure in the last two years, now year three is the head coach. Mm-hmm. So um, tons of options, tons of talent, all good guys um and it's it's uh, the competitiveness is i think we're going to see this spring where i mean who who steps into those roles and who wins and, and succeeds and is leading all those things that you know coaches talk about i feel like this year compared to the last two that's going to 
kind of determine how far we go. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about having an identity for your program. And, you know, you use the word win, no pun intended. Obviously, it had to have helped last season to have a guy in Parker win who is familiar with the program, who can go from player to coach and just help with that transition, help communicate between uh, the coaches and the players. I am curious, though, you know, two-part question here. A, word on the street is it takes three years to adjust to the altitude in Lubbock. And so I'm curious if you have finally adjusted, if you're, you know, you feel comfortable with be when you talk about your identity and you know i do think the conditions in lubbock play a factor into that when people think texas tech tennis they think guys who are gritty guys who will go two and a half three hours and there's always that one unexpected result that happens each and every season in lubbock uh where your team manages to upset a higher ranked team and i'm curious again when you talk about an identity what is the identity you guys are trying to build particularly given you know lubbock is not every college tennis town it's different conditions than you're accustomed to playing given that altitude yeah i I think people overplay that i mean it's it's a it's it's a home home court advantage for sure Mm -hmm. i mean there's there's no argument there but you're you're you play the same game i mean you can it ball moves a little faster sure there's a little bit of altitude but you can still play defense you can still grind um and you know we, the weather, everybody, everybody plays it up a little bit. Yeah. But I, I've been here five years now, and it's you're in Texas. Texas weather is yeah. Texas weather. It's it's uh, you get all four seasons in any given week. Uh, it's the same here as uh, as other cities. But um, yeah, the the identity, the identity I think you're asking about is, uh, I, I agree. I mean, I do think if you're uh, if you're at Texas Tech and you're in Lubbock, like. You, you do more with less type of mentality. I mean, we have everything, we have everything to succeed at the highest national level. You see that across all sports here at tech. Um, but I do think you, you, you need to have a little bit of chip on your shoulder where no, nothing's handed to you. Um, and I think, I think our team really likes that. I mean, I, I like that. Um, and I think beyond that, then it's the normal team stuff you're looking for of what, what, what identity is this particular group of guys this year what are we going to adopt and, and, you know, be as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, this year, what I'm starting to see though, is some guys stepping into leadership roles and really demanding high standards from the guys around them. And like you're talking about, I mean, Parker Wynn and, you know, a few years ago, Bjorn Thompson, like those are the names that for multiple years were just really filling that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Parker Wynn did a phenomenal job last year, you know, fifth year, I was always curious you know, how do guys handle these fifth years? Cause I mean, college tennis is hard physically, emotionally, everything. Um, Parker Park did a great job last year. Uh, and now we've got, we've got a lot of experience and we have a lot of young guys this year. And so uh, excited to see how that goes in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk about those guys. Now, as you mentioned, you bring back five returners and that's a luxury for any coach, particularly in a four year stretch in college tennis, where you've got five years of players playing, you know, and typically it's four. And obviously that's the extra high school class. We'll have the next three years because of the additional year extended due to COVID. But again, five returners is a luxury. And uh, obviously, you get some doubles combinations returning as well. I'm curious, and I'm sure the answer is all of the guys, but are there any players in particular who have stepped up this season, players who you think you know college tennis should be aware of, hey, these guys are ready to make a jump? Yeah, I mean, if you just look at our results, um, you know, if you're just going off paper, I think Arevalo and, and Azoitis, uh, Demi and Isaac have had two of the best falls on our team. And so, you know, those guys were playing 
five and six for us for the majority of the season last spring. Uh, and, they, and they've had some of our best results on the team this fall. Um, and so those are two guys that I think have earned some, uh, some opportunities for tougher competition. Um, and I, I think those are two guys that if I'm going to highlight right now, just based on our fall results, uh, they, they've kind of proven that they, they showed up this fall ready to, ready, ready to win matches. And so um, every, everybody, our team, it's kind of a unique team. I'm sure a lot of other teams are similar, but I feel like our team, you know, whether it's line three or, or line seven, it's a pretty small margin between those spots. Um, and, that, and that's typically results in strong competition and, you know, who, whoever's ready and playing well at the right time gets those opportunities and um, I, I think it could result in a lot of success for us mm-hmm. and when you look at that depth obviously critical when you play in a conference like the big 12 where you know it says you have a one in four record from last year's uh, you know five big 12 matches but that's like the, it might be the best one in four record in you know college tennis history because you just look at the depth <laughs> of the big 12 and it's like you know texas semi-finalist last year baylor ncaa finalist last year tcu quarter finalist last year and obviously oklahoma oklahoma state you know oklahoma made three consecutive national championships not that long ago how difficult you know you talk about the depth is that the key word now in college tennis with just the abundance of talent there seems to be? How critical is that depth? Is having guys at five and six succeeding here uh, this fall going to be for you this spring? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, especially in the Big 12, mm-hmm. uh, you've, you've got to be able to compete at every spot. Like, it's every every school in this conference, I mean, whoever's at line six is a, re- a really good player. Yeah. Um, you know, few ATP points. I mean, you see those guys like that at six and seven. I mean, that's that's the level. I think call, college tennis, the level in general, has just gone up and up and up over the years. And so, um, yeah, if you want to maintain, you know, we finished last year 24. If we want to maintain that, I feel like you've got to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's just kind of the – the, the business what it, what it is right now but for sure when I'm looking at the big 12 you know it's it's uh it's got to be exciting for our guys and for us as coaches where it's just like yeah we, we want to maintain you know, like you're saying one and four I feel like we were having a we were, had a great year last year and sure the record says one and four but we were competitive every match you know we, we got got the win we got you know beat o, OU in a neutral match you know they, they didn't maybe have their exactly full roster lineup that day but we played really well and so um we we believe we can compete with you know i, I do think ut baylor and tcu they they've kind of shown they're they're that, that level above uh majority of schools in the country right now but i also feel like you know, we, we can compete with them. I'm sure Oklahoma State know you feel the same. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about that. And, you know, again, when you look at what you guys were able to accomplish throughout the course of last season, uh, again, plenty of impressive wins throughout, I believe it was a 13-8 and eight campaign in particular. You guys go to the NCAA tournament and you get a victory. And uh, against Virginia Tech last year, you guys dropped the doubles point in that first round matchup and you're able to get, you know, wins from the two through five singles position. And obviously... You know, the doubles point, we know how critical that is, how difficult it is to find four singles matches against any sort of team. For your guys, as you mentioned, you know, Parker's really the only one gone from that singles lineup. Two through five, they're all returning. What did that experience do for your guys to, you know, for them to get to see, okay, this is what an NCAA tournament win looks like? You know, how have you been able to capture that momentum this offseason? Yeah, I, I think the experience of it is it's invaluable. You know, you, you can't be prepared for it until you do something. 
Um, and, and I think that was great for our guys. Uh, and again, yeah, they're all returning. And so they've all done that. Um, I do think it's important to realize like, just because we did it last year, it's not coming easy. Not, not it's not coming 1% easier this year. Um, our guys last year were so hungry for doing that because everybody that was here last year and again majority this year um, it, it took three or four years before we got the NCAA win we were always there but those wins don't come easy in the first round or any round um, and that was, that was really good for us to get that last year and our guys wanted it um, there was a little bit of a refusal to finish the year without advancing in the postseason tournament the, the amount of times I heard our team talking about we're going second, third round. We're going second, third round. That was just, uh, I think the determination to do that was obvious. Um, and and I, as a coach, you know, that's that's all you really want is when, when the guys are motivated for something, it typically happens. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about that. And, you know, obviously you are someone who was a player yourself and you understand uh, those rhythms and the cadences of it, of a college season and, you know, when to ride your players, when not to ride your players. I'm curious, last season with all of the restrictions, you know, and we mentioned this earlier, but who can travel, who can't, and how many guys can we actually have at the practice court at once, et cetera, et cetera. How frustrating was that for you? How frustrating was that for the guys in particular as well? And, you know, again, as you look towards this season, has it been, you know, for lack of a better term, a more productive offseason simply because you were allowed to do more things? Yeah, it's it's been more productive for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, the way it kind of played out for us, we didn't get any, any of the COVID cases or tests, positive tests or anything. We didn't do anything in the fall. So we really got as good of a fall as you could have done um, last year, you know, played enough matches, you know, we've gotten more matches this fall, but considering the situation last fall, I was like, that went as well as it could. But then of course, you know, spring got started. We played a couple matches and it was after, it was after our first weekend, mm-hmm. uh, one guy tested positive, And then over the next nine mm-hmm. days, really the majority of our program all tested positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of, you know, stopped the beginning of the year. Um, but then really the rest of the year went as smooth as it could have possibly gone. And so, um, you know, did, didn't plan it that way. But um, I really think the, the majority of last year after we kind of got through that massive bump in the beginning, it was one of the more enjoyable years. And I don't know if that's just because there was a little more challenge and adversity, but um, the, the, the way the last, you know, two thirds of the season went last year was extremely enjoyable and I, I think our team felt the same way mm-hmm. no I mean it, it's always fun to win it's certainly always fun to put yourself in a top 25 position and for your guys and you know again I do want to look towards 2022 after this but for your guys yeah. to finish the season top 25 uh, what does that mean for the program again that's that's the sort of thing you try to build up to and you guys have accomplished that in year number two what does that mean to the program what does that mean for you yeah our guys I mean for sure they they want they want these rankings. They want to do things that, you know, maybe, maybe we haven't done in the last handful of years, but we see, you know, we see these other, the other teams at tech having so much success and, you know, it wasn't, it was it 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here, but team was top 10, win a big 12 title. So we, we know we can do these things here at tech. And, um, and I think our guys are, they, they got a taste of it where, yeah, we're advancing in the NCAAs, you know, we finished the year top 25. I don't remember our highest ranking maybe 17 or 18 um and we were we were focused but we also knew one or two more good matches and and we could talk about maybe hosting a first round and all that stuff so um our our guys want it um they're working for it 
And I do think this year, this team this year, you know, I kind of mentioned the way I see it as a coach is it's kind of up for grabs. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think we're in a position where we can say, Oh yeah, this is our team to host. Uh, we're, we're a long way away from that, but I, I think we have, again, five returners that had a lot of success last year. And then uh, the new guys coming in full of potential, but you know, it's, it's uh, a little more of a new team, even though there's five returners, which is kind of unique, I think, but uh, also a very good opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. No. And you know, with that in mind, let's talk about the returners. Let's talk about how they performed last season. And again, uh, the five starters, I'm going to butcher the pronunciations here, but Valiev, Ribeiro, Collier, <laughs> Zoidis, and Arvelo, uh, they're all back uh, for your team. And obviously yep. uh, I'm curious for you guys, I want to start with the doubles point uh, because obviously you're someone and I, anytime you have, I mean, anytime you're a head coach, you're well aware of this fact at this point, but how important is that momentum from the doubles point? And I do feel like, uh, you know, doubles is something the Texas Tech program has been able to pride itself over the past few seasons. As you mentioned, you can go back to 2014, 15, 16, where I believe NCAA finalists, I want to say, out of Texas Tech. Maybe maybe even, you know, it was the finalists, yeah. And, you know, yeah, obviously yeah. you have Bjorn and Parker who were top five, I want to say, in the country, top ten, certainly one of those top doubles teams last year. It's Parker and Franco who were, you know, top 40 for a majority of the season. You lose a guy like Parker at the top of your doubles lineup, it's going to hurt any team, and the tone he sets at the top as well. But how you know how much have you guys been honing in on that doubles point here in the fall? It does feel like, yeah, you lose a number one singles player. That sucks, but everyone plays singles. It feels like losing Parker in doubles, that may be the tougher blow here. I'm curious how you guys try to make up for that. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge challenge. Um, mm-hmm. But ever since I've been here, the question is, you know, uh, how do we get the doubles point? You know, where where's our spot where we feel like we're going to win whatever it is, 60, 70% of our matches in doubles. And and that's just the challenge for every team. And so um, one one positive for us is, you know, when, when Franco kind of filled that number one spot, um, we kind of found a new doubles player. Because up to that point, it was, you know, maybe he did all right in this dual match. Maybe he didn't do as well here or whatever it is. Uh, and, and it just kind of clicked for him uh, last year, and he did a lot of really good things on the doubles court. And so we kind of got a, a new doubles player from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Isaac and Reed at, at two really did well, um, and they've kind of continued that here this fall. And then uh, Ilgiz and Demi, they're, they're, you know, they speak Russian on the court. Uh, they don't really let me talk a whole lot on the changeovers, <laughs> but I'm kind of like the, the, the energy they have on court, I'm kind of like, you know what? do do your thing and so i i kind of come over there and i try to get a a few words in but uh realistically they're they're just there to be with each other and compete as hard as anybody in the country and so uh, i do think we our doubles has gotten better but sure when you're looking at the competition we're going to play against every double spot but for sure the number one double spots the question is how do you how do you win those matches on the number one doubles court and give yourself a better chance of getting the doubles point um and yeah that'll be yeah to be seen um but i do think we had a lot more consistent doubles point success the second half of last season mm-hmm. um and so I, I think we've got guys that can fill roles and give ourselves a chance to win you talk about filling roles and not to typecast anyone because obviously you're hoping for everyone to contribute but i do want to talk about franco because it feels mm-hmm. like he's sort of positioned himself for one of those big jumps this season as a fourth year and just you look at what he was able to accomplish his first two seasons in particular two of the best you know he was 
two of the most accomplished seasons in terms of first two years in Texas Tech program history and you know now he's the senior and you know he'll be expected to you know jump up into the lineup him and Ilgiz at that top and I'm, I'm curious and uh, we can talk about Ilgiz as well but I do. Uh, watching Franco, there's something just compelling about his game. I can't put my finger on it, but, you know, can we expect a big year from the senior here? And, our, you know, jumping from three singles to top two, as the lineup would dictate he might do, that's, that's about as big of a jump as you're going to make in college tennis. And I'm curious how he's prepared for that. Yeah, I think if you're looking at the blueprint for players that just continue a steady yes. rise, I mean, he comes in, he, he joins us in January, he plays a lot of matches at five and six wins most of his matches and then um, just kind of slowly kept moving his way up um, and, and he just had consistent success and so now I, I agree I mean when you come into this year um, there's multiple guys but speaking about Franco he's someone that should be prepared for even tougher and just can kind of continue that rise because he is somebody uh, everybody works hard but he's someone that works hard and, and wants it more than the average college tennis player he, he, he wants it um, and what he's done with his game is he's kind of learned how to add offense to his game. I think he came in and playing at five and six. I mean, he just kind of out competed and, and made a lot of balls. But it is if you want to keep moving up on in, in the lineup or just in your level in general, you got to have some weapons and, and play offensive tennis. And he's done a great job of adding that to his game and getting comfortable with that in his game. Um, and so, yeah, if you're looking at, at college players that continually move up the lineup he, he's done everything right um so yeah he's gonna have that chance and hopefully hopefully just continues to do what, what he's done all along mm-hmm. no no doubt about that and you know again something else you guys have on your roster and something that uh i think perhaps not traditionally you know Texas Tech is school with a lot of guys from abroad it's not always the most American-centric roster and yet you know you've got a, of late you've gotten a couple of five-star guys on tennis recruiting a couple of American-based recruits I'm curious you know again a guy like Reed Collier that's a Texas guy Texas you know playing at Texas Tech you always like the story there and uh to get uh I believe Segaguchi is as well just uh you know where is the success behind that how have you managed to bring these guys uh over to texas tech and you know what is the pathway there to turning texas tech into you know one of the most desirable schools to attend yeah i think i mean tech does a great job of that itself Mm -hmm. just i mean and i've seen very few recruits that come and visit our school and our city um and leave here saying no it's not it's not for me Mm -hmm. uh that doesn't happen that often i think it happens at every school but in general, I'm very confident that when we get a, get a recruit here on campus, they're going to like the feel and the look. Um, our, our players do a phenomenal job of making players feel welcome. Um, I do think Coach Brayler has done a phenomenal job as a recruiter coming in. You know, he, he played at Texas Tech, but then he and I working together, that was his first time coaching in college. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think the job is hard, but it's also not rocket science. You know, if, you're, if, you, know, if you know the level and, and you work consistently – you're going to be able to get good recruits. And so um, I, I do think we're always going to be in the conversation with the best players in Texas. Um, I think players outside of Texas uh, like coming into this region and this conference. And so we have, we have a lot to sell here. Um, and I, I think we're going to, we've shown it. And I think we're going to continue to show it with the type of American players and, and Texas players that we get here. 
Well, something I want to do, and I don't know if I've told you this, uh, I emailed all the SIDs to set these up. I'm trying to email every, uh, trying to interview every Power Five men's and women's head coach before the start of the season. And there are a couple of yeah. questions I want to ask all of them. One of them to you. Give me the recruiting pitch. Give me, I know it's a condensed version, and you know, for some coaches, they're going to be like, well, do I get to use my six-point PowerPoint plan? And I'm going to be like, no six-point <laughs> PowerPoint here on this one. But again, the, the idea of playing for a, form, uh, a former player is something that appeals very much to me. Uh, the idea of understanding this is a guy who's gone through it, and this is a guy who understands the pains and the joys of being a college tennis you know, scholar-athlete. Give me the pitch. Why should I be coming to Texas Tech? Why should I be rocking the Red Raiders? I, I, I will say, I remember the Michael Cap- Crabtree catch. That's like one of the definitive memories of my yeah, childhood. So that's a, them, Graham Harrell. That's what I got. Give me the pitch. Yeah, I mean, for, first off, I mean, I do think we've had recruiting success, mm-hmm. but I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not a, uh, I'm not a magician with my words. Um, <laughs> I, I like to say I'm consistent with what I do. I'm going to be organized. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to let things fall through the cracks so i mean that's honestly in my opinion where you're going to be consistent recruiting is just to do it consistently um and so that's that's kind of the the philosophy in general um but yeah the the pitch itself is i mean we, we have a lot of success here uh you know i think saying you're in the power five um if players know what that means mm-hmm. they're going to know what it means and if they don't you're just trying to explain that these are the benefits, but you see a lot of schools outside of the Power Five with a lot of success as well. Um, so it's nothing against anybody else. The opportunity in general is, yes, specific to Texas Tech. And so you've got all the resources. You know, the, every sport shows that. Um, our city has a lot to offer. It's a, it's a positive for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of players like the college town, but the way I explain it is if you're wanting Los Angeles, New York, or, or Houston, that's not what we are. Mm-hmm. But if you want, if you want the the smaller community, college town, things are simpler here. Mm-hmm. Um, our guys enjoy hanging out with each other and doing things across the city that um, are, is a huge positive. It's a lot of fun, college town. Um, and then, yeah, in, in general, whether you call it facilities and all these things, like we have everything to sell mm-hmm. that all the big programs have. And then beyond that, I think recruiting is always just the relationship you you connect with your recruit, you get them in front of the team, you get them involved um and and guys have liked it so it's it's uh again i I think even as you can tell right now i'm not a magician with my words (laughs) but 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 when you get in when you get in those conversations you you mm -hmm. find what what that player is looking for and whatever they're looking for uh, we can promise them we've got it and it's true Absolutely. And I do think, again, watching from afar, if you don't mind me saying, there is an intimacy to the Texas Tech program. You talk about Lubbock being a college town. Lubbock is all in on Texas Tech. And you hear rumors. Yeah. I mean, I have yet to attend in person. I'm Making a Texas trip is on my list of things to do in 2022. And hopefully I'm able to Gotta hit all it. the schools. But I know that's like, you know, again, hitting all the countries in Europe, trying to go to all the schools in Texas. Right. Um, tell me about the home crowd. Because I know... And when it's go time, if it's a Texas match or you're bringing in an Ashley top 10 ranked TCU or Baylor, I have heard the anecdotes. The Texas Tech crowd gets after you. Lubbock is a college tennis town, is it not? It is. It's uh, The tennis community is a strong one. Yeah. Um, but, yes, what you can do what you can do at Tech is you can get the students behind uh, whatever it is. You can circle a few matches and just mm-hmm. we've got our people where we say, like, hey, we need you. And, and it's not just being here, but we need you to be a part of this match on these days. Um, and that's been one of my goals mm-hmm. now as the head coach is 
you know, Tim Siegel, when he was here for as many years as he was, uh, he's one of the best, if not the best marketer in the country. And that was obvious. I mean, yeah, I, I played at UT, but, you know, the, the times I was here in, in Lubbock competing against Texas Tech, I, I hated it. I hated it because it was it was uh, it was a uh, tough. I mean, it's a tough crowd and, and they're involved in the match. And um, now now on this side of it and, you know, I, I like to say I got I got smart. You know, I married a Red Raider. My wife played here at Tech. And so, you know, I, I've known these coaches here at Tech for a long time and then was lucky enough to get the opportunity to get into the program. And now now as I'm getting into the community of Lubbock, uh, it is a special one. And I do think the last you know, year or two, I think we've, we've gained some momentum on our crowd and getting them out to the match and getting involved with the team and um, yeah, just involved with the program to where they're coming to matches a little more consistently. And then, yeah, when it, when it's time for a, a big match, we can depend on it being a crowd that, that affects it for sure. I argue it's the most underrated crowd in college tennis. Like, again, look at the results. There's always the one Texas Tech win you don't see coming each and every year, and that's a testament to, again, the work not only you guys have done, but all of the prior Texas Tech coaches and just where yeah. the program is at. I do have some rapid-fire questions for you down the home stretch in terms of things you're doing for the program that I think are super impressive, and I know I'm sure other coaches would have tried to do them now you're the head coach now it doesn't matter point being right. you guys just had a couple uh, what was it 15k 25k i forget what it was but you were able to host a couple of pro tournaments how valuable is that not only from a recruiting uh, perspective but just for the guys to be around that action and have the opportunity to play pro tennis which i know is an aspiration for so many college tennis players across the country yeah for sure and yeah we hosted one 15k yeah. um and not well that was one of the other goals i had as soon as i became the head coach we we started trying to work for it COVID started all that stuff um but yeah was extremely happy that we were able to pull that off this year we're looking to do it every year moving forward and for sure it helps recruiting but for sure it's even better for our guys that are here okay. um because it is just it's great competition um we had some guys pick up some good wins and other guys that maybe didn't even win the match. They're going three sets with guys, 400, 500, 700 ATP. And um, so that just helps their development so much and just gets them in front of whether it's one year or three years from now, that's, that's their goal is to be winning those type of matches. And so being able to do that on your campus and for the experience and to just help their development in the fall, I mean, all, all positives, all positives. And so, um, you know, now that, now that we finished that pro tournament, the, I couldn't have been happier with how it went, and I, I want to keep building on stuff like that for sure. Mm -hmm. Is that the goal? Will be to continue to do that, right? And probably maybe yeah. even do it a second time during the course of the year. Yeah, yeah, and that's they're just trying to build on it, and that mm -hmm. was that was a huge step one for this year was just to get it established, and then um, yeah, just continue to build on it. Have you told the other Texas coaches like no Baylor players? No, sorry, you guys got to go elsewhere <laughs> that week. You're headed to Cancun. We're playing here in Lubbock uh, here this week, but uh, no, it's got to be fun yeah. to see all the other good players across the country too come in in general. And I know you know other coaches will. It's a you know it's a friend it's a friend on friend system. You get a wild card into mine. My guy gets a wild card into yours. And so uh, again, I especially given the, all the COVID stuff, it's just been great to see so many campuses step up and provide these competitive opportunities for players uh, across the country again with with all this in mind some rapid fire questions for you down the home stretch just throw some different topics at you rapid in terms of the questions take as long as you want uh with your answers one of the other developments i would say uh, you know 
having a pro tournament is now essential to be a top program, I would argue, in the college tennis universe. I think one of the other things that will become essential as we start to figure out the rules and, you know, figure it all out will be how well your program handles all the NIL-related stuff. And, of course, the NIL decision from this past offseason, players now able to market off of their image, off of their likeness, etc., where are you know as someone who play you were a texan playing at texas from a marketing standpoint that feels like a win uh obviously you've been on the player side you're now on the coaching side what are you guys trying to do and i know there are rules surrounding international players as well but what are you guys trying to do to incorporate uh all these nil uh related opportunities to ensure your guys can actually take advantage of the rules yeah i mean it's definitely more limited for you know, mo- yeah. most of our guys being international. Um, uh, hopefully we see that change at some point in the, in the near future, but that's definitely something I, I know nothing about um, how, <laughs> how that's going to go. You don't want to um, do 10 minutes on immigration policy and how it all factors yeah, no. in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have some meetings and, you know, I think me, Todd Petty on the women's side, whatever, you know, you, you get some coaches ask about the international side and it's kind of like, can't talk, you know, we don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, Nobody exactly. knows. Um, and so, but at least it is possible for them to do something if they're in their home country and somebody from their home country wants to to do something with them. You know, there's, there's something there. And I think maybe that'll develop as a little more time goes on. Um, but yeah, speaking to the, the American players here, and uh, I do think an advantage again of, of Lubbock and, and this community is if, if you're a good Texas Tech athlete and you're kind of a recognizable name, whether it's tennis or football, um, somebody's going to want to get behind that, uh, especially here in Lubbock. You're not competing against the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Yankees. You're, you're <laughs> the thing of Lubbock. If you're winning, if you're winning conference matches or, or have some sort of accolade or title, um, a lot of people see it that, that want to get involved with you. And so um, that, that's an advantage for Lubbock and Texas Tech for sure. There's a hundred percent a world if, like, you go back in time where there's the double down sub and it's just a, a picture of Parker and Bjorn and it's just like the local sub shop and it's just like, yeah, you know, it's the double down sub. That's what we're getting here. I agree, especially that's where you feel like a community like Lubbock is perfectly positioned to take advantage of the NIL rules because there's actually intimacy there, right? These athletes aren't, you know, you're not firing them off a factory line. There's actually some some interpersonal relations between just the fans and the actual players yeah no for sure and that's mm-hmm. that's um you know the the first time i saw how special like the people of lubbock okay. was the the first semester we moved here my wife and i moved here we go to the grocery store um first of all it's like everybody's just really nice they actually let you <laughs> in the parking spots and all that yeah. stuff I'm, like, okay, I'm not used to this not I'm really not used to it but i but i yeah. liked it um and so my wife i, I kind of found her in this aisle and she was talking to this lady uh, and they kind of ended the conversation. And I was like, who is that? I was like, you know, you ran into somebody that you knew when you were here. She goes, no, I've never spoken to her before. before. <laughs> and I'm like, that was like 15 minutes. I'm like, what yeah. did y'all talk about? She's like, just things. And I'm just like, is that, <laughs> it's like, is, that a, is that a thing here where you can just randomly get into conversations with people just because it is, it's a little more laid back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> there, there's the normal stresses of life that everybody of deals course. with, but the, the city of love, it doesn't add stress to you. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's that kind of place, and so yeah. being able to compete at the highest level of college athletics while you're still in this kind of environment to me is the the ideal situation. I completely agree with you there. And you talk about the stresses again, rapid fire theme here: player versus coach. 
how much more difficult is it to watch these matches now just knowing you don't you know i feel like it when you're playing you're like well at least i got to play some sort of role it's just i found watching matches infinitely harder than playing them yeah that's that's been an adjustment for sure and then <laughs> The, the, the way I kind of view it now, um, you know, I like to talk as if I'm coming from a lot of experience, but I know I'm still young and have a long way to go and a lot to learn. Um, but I, I feel confident as a coach whenever I feel like the player's prepared to do it himself. Uh, and, and typically I've seen that when you come into the conference and postseason play. Um, honestly, our, our pre-match talks and, and the way we talk to players after matches, it gets shorter and shorter to where hopefully you're feeling like your your players are prepared to do it themselves and maybe influence the guys next to them as opposed to the coach needing to you know control how they're doing things mm-hmm. um and and once i have that feeling at whatever point in the year for each individual guy once once you're feeling that then i think the coach has such an influence on the environment and the emotions of the team mm-hmm. uh and and so far you know coach brayler and i have had success in creating an environment where you're playing with freedom you're, you're competing your butt off but there's no added pressure of all this stuff that that i know college tennis can do of it's just simplify it take some pressure off and, and just enjoy the the fight and the competition of it and there, there's got to be freedom freedom and, and intensity at the same time kind of getting both sides of it uh and and the teams that do that i feel like maximize whatever their ceiling is maybe you can get just a little further if you're if you've the right environment that frees them up to play their best mm-hmm. and you talk about you know you're still young yeah you are still young 30 years old <laughs> that is not old by any stretch of the imagination i imagine no. one of the youngest if not the youngest power five head coach in men's college tennis and i'm curious more helpful or hurtful you know again would you like the extra five years of experience right now or does it help to be a little it's a little easier for you to relate to the players i say you know we were watching drake and josh they were watching iCarly. it's just like one generation of gap in tv shows still does that help or hurt more yeah that that i don't know i don't know how to answer (laughs) you know but um obviously i like to think that when, when you're when you're good at something you're going to be good at something and so yeah. um i i know and i'm open to and trying to continue to develop myself as a coach um i, I think that's a beneficial part to being young is just knowing that i can't be stuck in my ways i'm way too young for that i've got to be open to improving myself and just learning the game of tennis all those things um but i do think um you know coach brayler and i are both in our 30s and and mm-hmm. the environment is very uh it's energetic it's uh we yeah we're going to connect with our players we're we're on a personal level with them while you know you, you got to maintain being being disciplined and all those mm-hmm. things but um in general I, I do feel like our program is very much of a round table situation and players are extremely involved in in the direction of the program mm-hmm. that said could you line up right now two doubles three doubles what are we talking um I, I definitely play a little more mind games i think than some of the guys um i can i can play at a high level but it's for a very short amount of time so i've got to if, if i'm playing against them it's got to be you know i got to get off to a quick start i'm i'm uh you know isaac i can actually tell you um i played not played i, I jumped in one practice because i was like yeah. you know what let's let's kind of keep keep a little bit of, of tennis here um yeah. and and i jumped in with isaac arevalo which if anybody's seen him play yeah. The, the guy the guy's not going to give you something easy yeah. um and 
you know, and it, it was my practice. I'm running the practice and I choose two cross court, one line, just a bunch of movement, <laughs> grinding drills. And I go with the biggest grinder on the team. Um, I, I kid you not. I, I, I don't know what happened, but it was my lower back, the typical, uh, I needed a steroid pack because oh, it no. locked up. It locked up so much and we were traveling the next day. And so I'm like, well, I'm about to get in a car for six hours. Um, and I couldn't stand up straight. Like I couldn't, it's never happened before. Um, so I got the steroid pack. It helped for a couple of days. Uh, and that's when I knew it doesn't matter my age. I'm like, I'm past, I'm past that point. Um, you know, now, now if I jump in, it's, uh, you're, you're hitting to this half and I'll try to, to move you a little bit. Um, so sure. I, I can still hit cross court pretty well, but I think it's been obvious, uh, it's obvious I can't play at that level for more than 15 minutes anymore. I like it. One set, no add doubles. That feels like that's right up your alley. Like that's maybe yeah. no serves either. You're like, I'm only returning, by the way, too. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's kind of how that's uh, – I got there quicker than I would have liked, but that's definitely where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I'm pretty sure Trip Phillips has never missed a return still. Like that that checks yeah. out in the end. Um, but, no, of course, again, just some fun ones for you down the home stretch. I'm trying to figure out coaching trees. Who would you say, you know, again, the Ty Tucker coaching tree, I would argue, is probably the biggest one right now in college tennis. Give me your coaching tree. Where, where are we coming from? What school of thought? For, for me, I'm hoping Coach Brayler and I are working together for 20 years. You know, I, I don't want a tree tree coming from <laughs> from from our program. But if it happens, you know, of course, if uh, I'll, I'll be uh, extremely supportive to get to help guys if, if I'm helping guys but so far at this point in my career I've, I've received more help than I've given help and so, who are some of the guys you've learned from give me some of the names yeah I've learned, learned from everybody I've worked with uh, um, you sure. know I'll, I'll start I mean I'll start from the beginning I worked at Rice with the men's team you know FA and Boyan were the coaches there when I was with them uh, 2013 um, and, and those six months I was with them it was short but I still th- view those two guys as two of my closest you know coaching community here in, in college tennis and for sure in texas um you know i was at university of houston on the women's side with patrick sullivan uh very different style to where he's just you know i'm going to recruit well and he knew that his assistant coach needed to be more of the tennis guy but i learned a lot of a lot of positive recruiting things from him um then i went you know i kind of jumped into d3 as a head coach and mm-hmm. um you know that's it's a different different game or you know different style of uh, of coaching just because it's it's a totally different world but there are so many positives to the d3 experience and you know kind of jumped into a head coaching role that i learned some things about myself as a head coach and then yeah came out to tech as the assistant with brett macy and um, respected a lot of things about just his his uh, view of this job and um, <laughs> trying to have the balance of of your family and coaching but i mean macy works hard and demands a lot from his assistant and his team and um, so, you know, I, I've learned, I've ta- taken things away from a lot of coaches, but I think any, any strong, strong minded head coach ultimately is going to think I, I want to do things this way. Um, but for sure, I've taken things from everybody I've been around and, you know, I like this, didn't agree with this as much, but that's most coaches. Yeah. Has Macy ever taken off his hat? I've never seen the top of his head. Not once. Uh, if he gets pretty upset, you know, the hat comes off. <laughs> that's, um, yeah it'll it'll come off that's kind of his first move the, the hat comes off and then uh, we'll see we'll see what happens from there 
Um, but no, he, the, the hat the hat stays on him for the most part. Yeah, I, you're right. I think I saw him angry, and it kind of came up for a second. And he kind of put the hat, and he was like, oh. "And you're right. That is that's yeah. the first sign of anger. I like that. It's yeah. good to know." Uh, but all right, true rapid fire for you down the home stretch here. Some stupid rule changes I have in mind in honor of what you just said about your playing experience. I think the coin toss is the most overrated part of any tennis match. I think we could have a lot more fun with it. I think the coaches should play out one point at the start of every match, and whichever coach wins that point, their team gets to decide all the serving arrangements. You down or no? Uh, for for a short term ahead, sure, yeah, I'll be down at this point <laughs> in my career. I'd, 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 I'd take the gamble on that, sure. Yeah, it's just one drop and hit point. Like, you're telling me – Again, you versus Woodson, one point. The fans aren't going to go up crazy about that. Like, I think the fans love it. I'm in. It's a stupid thing, but why not? I like it. All right, lawless lineups to truly cement a home field advantage. Home it, uh, Away team has to set their lineup in advance. Home team can match up however they want. You in favor or no? Not in favor of that one. Yeah, that's out. It's it's a little crazy. I, it's. I, I think the, the mind games with the lineup already, I mean, you can uh, – try to anticipate this move you might look one or two matches ahead and kind of what you you may want from your lineup but ultimately it's going to come down to how are the players playing and those results sure. but um I, I think if you if you add the extra dimension of mind games to it i'm kind of like i'm i'm not prepared mentally to, to start handling <laughs> that one that's fair that's fair and like again you think of guys you know you don't want the Parker wins of the world just playing no ones all the time like that's no fun for their development that's no fun for anyone so I get it at the same time obviously I'm in favor of it it's my idea um reseed after the round of 16 or reseed yeah after the round of 16 of the NCAA tournament reseed after the round of 16 of the ITA indoors just the idea you know again if we have an upset run set it all up normally or just play it out start to finish I, I, I'm in favor of playing it out start to finish. I, I might be a little old school and uh, maybe, maybe I'm not creative enough, but I like, uh, <laughs> I like, I like setting the draw and, you know, I'm not even a huge fan of, of, uh, you know, flighted tournaments in the fall. Yeah. I'm kind of like have a draw and there's a champion play it out. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a little, little more where my mind goes. No, that's fair. Again, this shows you I have too much time in the off season. Individuals, <laughs> teams, separate individuals, fall spring team. Yes. No. Uh, probably a little that's a hot one. Here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it is. Um, you know, I honestly I haven't thought about it as much as I probably could, and, and more college coaches have probably thought about it more than I have. So I don't have the list of the pros and cons fresh in front <laughs> of me. Um, but you know, I'm 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 okay with how things are right now. I think it's a good system. My goal and goal, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this, is to get NCAA individuals at the U.S. Open. It just there should be a premier college event that matters, and it's like you have to play the team season in the spring to be eligible for the individuals in the fall, and we get all the best players. Although then you have the whole summer and no one's really together, and it's a whole – yeah, there's many pros and cons. That's why I'm asking all of you guys because I'm like I'm going to steal yeah. the best ideas I hear. Um, all right. After a year of Zoom press con- uh, press conference, Zoom team meetings, who is the one player on your roster you would never want to Zoom with again? Never want to Zoom with again. Um, and we've had some guys that you know it doesn't matter what I say. The the all of a sudden their name changes, uh, and that they'll just get creative <laughs> with with the names that that is showing up on the screen. Uh, we get some guys that. Um, for for whatever reason i don't even doesn't matter what time of day they're in bed just for those zoom meetings 
Um, and then you get some that, you know, maybe you get them to turn the camera on for a second and then, uh, and then, and then they're gone. Um, so there's, uh, I don't know. I'm tired of zoom meetings in general. They've, they've been very good. You know, you get the job done, but, uh, I definitely enjoy being in person with the team. I like it. The answer is all of them. No more zoom yeah, meetings yeah. in general. Yeah. 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 Didn't, didn't want to wasn't wasn't ready to call anybody out yet. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you to call one person out. Messiest locker. You're walking in the locker room. You look and you're like, "Come on, man." Well, Ilga's belief. His locker is the first one <laughs> when I walk in, um, and he's actually, uh, you know, Artem Kapshuk was one of his closest yeah. friends here on the team, and he graduated a few years ago. Uh, he actually has his nameplate that used to be in the locker. So his locker has two nameplates. Um, I don't know how, but he has like 17 rackets. Um, and then I think every grip wrapper that he pulls off, I think it's just sitting in his locker. And so, uh, that that's Ilgis and he'll be mad that I said that, but, um, yeah, his, his locker just sets the tone for coming in and that's, you know, whether it's his fault or not, that's the way it is. No, let me say every coach has thrown someone under the bus. They're like, Oh, let me tell you about this locker. Cause they're hoping that'll well, be the inspiration for change. If, if you set up a meeting with Ilgis, I think he'll be fine throwing me under the bus as well. So you, you <laughs> might have some good content there. Good. I like it. Well, then, last question for you. And argue, I would argue it's the only question that matters of this 50-minute podcast I'm going to ask you. You are a man of Texas through and through, you know, the Lone Star State. You attended the University of Texas. You are now the head coach at Texas Tech. You've been at Houston. You've been at Rice. You have Texas in your blood. Texas plays Texas Tech in football. Who does Danny Whitehead root for? Texas Tech, easy. <laughs> this is, uh, it's, it's, you know, as time goes on, uh, you know, now, now I've been at Tech longer than I was at UT, and I'm, and I'm extremely grateful for uh, what I got from UT, and it was a great experience. It's a great school, but Texas Tech is, is uh, it's home now. You know, my wife and I found our home. Um, I love the people here, um, and, and I love West Texas. It's, it's done nothing but grow on me every year, um, and, and that's large part to the people, um, but this the, the way Lubbock is this city uh it's it's easy to to like this place as home and you know part of it is uh you you just tend to do things more with the people here like it's it's easier to say hey let's go to dinner let's go do this or that um and you, and you I, I found myself for me and my wife uh, we we do things with more people here than I've done growing up in Houston or or going to school in Austin um you know I I do more things here it's set, it's set up better for us here see the zag would have been like actually i'm an oklahoma fan like i grew yeah, up that yeah. way like sorry i couldn't help it it just kind of was how it was but no that makes sense uh, and, and of course again uh watching what you guys have done at texas tech not just this year but over the past decade it's it's very clear that you know again the big 12 it's six schools deep each and every year you know those six schools are going to be competing if not certainly in or hosting ncaa regionals and that's a testament to the work you guys have done and obviously as someone who has dedicated most of their life to college tennis we are immensely grateful uh, for that as well so coach uh good luck to you and the guys this season hope you guys stay safe stay healthy and goes without saying but you always have a spot back here on this show i appreciate it and i like what you do just to help promote the game and, and get more people involved i think it's great for for our sport and um so i appreciate it back at you uh, of course well take care coach and always a pleasure to get the chance to chat thanks <laughs>